Here at Abbott Nation, we're all about helping you pragmatically improve and optimize your health, strength, and mindset inside and out. In this episode, episode number four, Bryn, otherwise known as Bryn Diesel, and myself, Steve, chat for about 10 minutes or so about the YouTube hit sensation, Mila and Emma. We then talk about our photo shoot that we just performed, as well as the work put into the hyper workouts that are proven popular. We then get to the headline of this podcast, which is cardio, uh, a very controversial subject, one that's receiving a lot of heat at the moment, and there's lots of dogma attached. Sides are being taken. We look to try and cut through the noise and give you practical guidance of both the benefits psychologically, emotionally, physically to cardio, and then talking through some of the downsides of moderate steady state cardio, finishing on our best practice recommendations on how to incorporate cardio, and more importantly, lead an optimal life and gain the body you deserve. We hope you enjoy. So those YouTube girls, Mila and Emma, Brilliant. do you know the ones I'm talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. Lisa oh, showed me the other day. I, I was blown away. I tell you what, they are just joy in a can, right? <laughs> you know, I I don't subscribe to a bunch of stuff on YouTube, but as, you soon, as, it, as soon as I saw them, and I know, I know, it's it's not like you know adding value per se, but I just feel good when I watch them. Yeah, they they're uh, they're definitely um, a good laugh because they. Um, so what what are they? They're they're two. Are they twins and they. Because I've only seen one or two videos, and I think I saw the one where she's talking about training and yoga and things like this. So yeah, she's so, basically so, taking the piss. So for the, for the people that don't know, Mila and Emma, uh, they're um, twins. I think they're three, three or four years old. Right. And there's one of them, Mila, who's just this, uh, you know, confident. She's the savvy one. Savvy, you know, good, you know, f- full of it. Mm. The little girl who's just hilarious. And clearly, the mother or people around the kids have kind of come up with a bit of a script, and it's finely edited. And she just says short little statements, but she'll talk about coffee, or she'll talk about Disneyland and the queues, and how ridiculous it is, or she'll talk about you know the gym and gym rats and people benching. And I just found them hilarious, absolutely hilarious, and. The reason I, I was I was mentioning it is because obviously you and I are thinking about getting our YouTube off the ground uh, soon. Might take some tips from them. And I'm thinking <laughs> if we can just be like them, we're golden. <laughs> what? So we need blonde wigs and. That's right, man. <laughs> <laughs> and we're off, yeah. And yeah, finely edited, just short little statements, uh, and with a lot of sass, and I think we'll be fine. Yeah, I just don't think we're as cute. That's the problem. <laughs> we're not no we're not. But I think we might have to take some tips from them because they've they've nailed it just brilliant hilarious hilarious and if if you've got any other tips on kind of entertaining YouTube stuff for people listening let me know because yeah I don't want to over consume that stuff but those little one two minute kind of viral videos I love them rise up your day isn't it They're brilliant mm-hmm. but we're, we're talking about getting our YouTube thing off the ground <laughs> and yeah. um I don't know, a, a bit of a, putting it out there for people to hear in terms of what we think we're going to do. Mm. Um, we've obviously got this, the, the gym and the studio to be able to show training as we have been doing in our hyper workouts. Um, and we'll show mo- mobility. We can walk through uh, uh, kind of like technical assessments yeah. of how to do certain 
train uh, certain exercises. So we can do that in the gym and we'll do some video clips of that, a good, you know, five, 10 minute type stuff. But we've also got our, our office and we've got the whiteboard and there's a whole heap of things that uh, we'll try and cover through the podcast and through our, our blossoming blogs, but it, it may make sense for us to get on the whiteboard and cover off some topics visually. Yeah, I think it's worth it because some people out there as well prefer video format and they prefer to learn that way. So we just want to make sure we're covering all bases. Um, and I will obviously be doing some videos in front of the whiteboard covering nutrition, training tips and just dropping some knowledge bombs there. So, knowledge bombs, man. Yeah, it's all about the knowledge exactly. bombs. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we'll be, we'll be obviously getting some videos up soon. So we'll be uh, looking forward to doing that and getting comfortable in front of a camera. So. And, and talking about comf- comfortable in front of cameras, right? <sighs> so it may look from the outside that I'm comfortable in front of a camera right seen that way yeah yeah i've had to i've had to put a few selfies up recently and a few videos and all that kind of stuff i've seen a lot of your face recently yeah <laughs> much more than i like as yeah. well and i tell you what i hate it <clears throat> do you and it's definitely going to be you know this is growth <laughs> this year is a year of growth because i'm going to be doing a lot of things for the first time but i just don't i don't enjoy being in front of the camera like when we had our when we had uh, michael around to do the photo shoot mm. last weekend I mean, for, for the listeners, we're, we're talking about, you know, two guys that are camera shy, don't don't pose or try and get limelight in that regard. And, uh, you know, we're in the gym. We've got outfit, wardrobe, you know, different things to try yeah, on. I'm a whole wardrobe me that day. We're taking our tops off. We're getting lighting done. How many photos did Michael take? Up near 700 and something. I think he said, he said normally if I do a, a photo shoot for some someone that's a fitness enthusiast or, or in the gym, it's usually about 100, 150, maybe 200, I think he said. I think we managed to push up towards 700. And he was like, this is almost as much as I'll do at a wedding. So It's because you're a diva, Brennan. Yeah, diva. I mean, I can't help it. I just get my good angle. <laughs> get, get my good side in. But I, I, it was great fun. I mean, yeah, you enjoy it? I think we did all right. And looking forward to seeing the outcome. And obviously you guys will see what the photos are like. We'll, we'll put some photos out there once we get them and, and pick the best ones, I think. It is. It, it was daunting. Um, I was nervous getting into it. Mm. But I think as we got going, it we got into it. it. It almost became like okay, right? We just we just, we needed these images that are in our head translated into the camera, and we got actually quite into it, right? You know, yeah. we were helping direct and think about angles and movements and what we're going to do, and um, yeah, and then there's there's a pride of how you look, right? So you take yeah. a look at his camera and it ain't looking good. <laughs> so okay, now take that one again. Let me get another position. It's, it was ridiculous, really. I noticed some of your uh, posing into the distance, you know, looking into the distance. And, uh, it looks like you've been practising, mate. Well, let's see. Let's see if it's any good. <laughs> I don't think I was, I was any good, but hey, we'll, we'll see what the end product is. So, it, was, yeah. it was fun, I But guess. To, to, talking about that, I mean, we're, you know, we're pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone a little bit, being, you know, with the mic and the camera. I think, you know, this year, like you say, it's, it's a year of growth. And the reason we're growing is because we're pushing ourselves outside our comfort zone. So... It's interesting how we, you know, as with anyone, as you push yourself outside your comfort zone, how you develop and how you change. So it's going to be interesting to see how our confidence grows over time. So that'll be interesting this year. So we're definitely putting ourselves out there. That's for sure. I, I agree. And I, you, that actually makes me think about, call it a New Year's resolution. It wasn't it wasn't done at New Year's, but it's, it's something that I, I feel 
the need to, to own an express now. And I actually put it up on Facebook at the beginning of the week, mm. um, which was, you know, I've, I've put, in terms of my priority over the last 10 or 15 years, you know, work's been number one. Now, you know, my family is, is right up there with it. But, mm. you know, work drives financial freedom, which drives uh, a comfort home that gives us the opportunities to have the lifestyle that we lead. So work has always been really high up there. Plus, anything I throw myself at, I like to do well and get better at and be as good as I can be. Mm. So work fueled that need to kind of yeah. continue to, you know, test and challenge myself. Yeah. But because I was so, I was leaning in so hard on work for most of my career, I, I took probably um, subconscious decisions to down prioritize things like proactively reaching out and keeping in touch with friends, actively asking questions and seeing how they're getting on, you know, just being shown to be in relationships. Yeah, I mean, my relationships are there, but I, maybe, maybe it's a guy thing, maybe it's, it's a career thing, maybe it's just a me thing, but I, I have not spent historically enough time having my friends consume my thoughts and going, I should see how they're doing. I should reach yeah, out yeah. to this person. I should call this guy. We should hook up. I know it's hard to organise diaries and, you know, get things organised when you've got families and you've got some distance between you. Yeah. But the difficulty would just make it something I would therefore not do. And this year, and I mean, and I mean this from the bottom of my heart, for all of those that I, you know, I, I put lower down on the totem bowl on my priorities, that is definitely changing. Yeah. This year, as much as we are going to lean in on work again, this work is actually going to give us the opportunity to prioritise engagement, collaboration, communication, yeah. fun, uh, enjoyment, special moments. It's going to force us to put that first because that's really what this is about. This is all yeah. about connecting with people. And whether they're people that you know, your close friends and family, your kind of uh, second degree connections or just complete randoms. I'm, I'm excited about us pushing ourselves to be better at getting, get, you know, getting to really deeply know the people that we're working with. Yeah. That's definitely. really exciting. Yeah, I think, yeah, it's going to be exciting to see who the personalities that we meet through this as well because I feel that we're right at the beginning of, of the journey and obviously we want to take these guys with us to different gyms and meet different people whether they're in the fitness industry or not and and like you say you're talking about your friends and your family but also people that we're going to meet through what we're doing now so it'll be interesting to see you know the who we meet and, and the relationships we build so should be fun it will be interesting so listen Bryn Diesel um it's me yeah Bryn Diesel <laughs> that is your nickname from now on um let's talk about uh what we've planned today it should be a good conversation mm. so we are going to talk about the controversial subject of cardio yeah. so over the last few years i'd say probably in the last two or three years it's become mainstream to bash cardio definitely to say that cardio is bad we shouldn't be doing it we should be doing other things uh it's detrimental to your health and that whole dogma associated to steady state cardio being bad I really want to address that head on. I want to talk, I want us to go deeper in the benefits of cardio psychologically and uh, physically. Mm -hmm. I want us to talk about some of the practical applications, the different types of cardio. 
And then once we go through that, I think there, there are some observations that are both good and bad, and we should call them out in a um, non-emotional, factually correct way. Uh, and then once we've kind of pulled that back and peeled back the onion, then let's um, put out there what our recommendations are based on our own personal experiences, yeah. the clients you've worked with, and really yeah. the body of evidence that we're seeing across the industry now in terms of probably the right balance to strike in terms of how you build cardio into your you know, your, your plans and your programming. Well, like that yeah, it's all about balance. And we're just going to, we want to show you guys that it's not so black and white. It's not good or bad. There, there's both sides to the, to the coin, isn't there? So tonight we want to kind of get all that out and out. Let's, let's, so, let's get on it. Yeah. So, so what <laughs> is cardio? I would say, well, cardio is actually, if you think about it, is a slang, slang word that we use in the fitness industry um, for cardiovascular activity um and that's activity which raises a, um, the heart rate so whether that's you know walking brisk walking running swimming cycling um but any, any activity that sort of brings your heart rate up but that that's the slang word that we use is cardio so everyone knows what cardio is and it's yeah so it's cardiovascular activity i would say it's where it's aerobic exercise which is exercise that requires oxygen to sustain movement yeah right so it's where the heart and lung work to bring oxygen around your body into the muscles to drive sustained movement so you think about running you think about anything that requires you to go for any length of time is aerobic yeah um uh, anaerobic is where you don't actually use oxygen You use the energy stores within your muscles, the yeah. built-in energy stores, the ATP it's called in your yeah. muscles. But that has a very short life, yes. think under a minute typically. Well, if you look at people that use anaerobic, it's high intensity. So you'd use it to build power, strength. You'd use it in you know explosive sports like sprinting and football. Or, or so, gym work, you know. Yeah, gym work, yeah. So it's yeah, it's more the high intensity output, isn't it? So that's, that's cardio, right? And that has many, many forms um let's talk about some of the forms let me just hit them up quickly and then maybe you go you can um describe any more in, in any more detail that you think is fit Bryn. Mm. so we've got um we've got steady state exercise um which we're actually going to talk about mostly today yeah uh, and we're talking about moderate steady state exercise so think about your ellipticals your running uh out on the road the treadmill the bikes for uh, you know, 30 minutes plus, mm-hmm. those kind of traditional quote-unquote cardio, cardio exercises, what yeah. we call moderate steady state. We then have LIS, which is low-intensity steady state. We refer mo- mostly to things like walking at this point. This is this is cardiovascular in nature, but it is um, it's something you can do for a long period of time without getting yourself out of breath, mm-hmm. right? So it's, it's the more... Uh, enjoyable pursuits the relaxing pursuits of walking typically and you know moving around which isn't putting a huge burden on your heart that's low intensity steady state we then have NEAT I'm going to have you talk about NEAT in a second but it stands for non-exercise activity thermogenesis yeah we then have HIT uh, a popular term stands for high intensity interval training Uh, we have group-based aerobics and HIT HIT sessions generally and then, of course, they have a myriad of different sports that demand 
a lot from our cardiovascular system. Yeah. Why don't we go back to NEAT for a second, though? Yes. So NEAT is an interesting one because the benefits of NEAT, obviously, that's your non-exercise activity thermogenesis. So that is anything that you're doing that doesn't involve um, any physical activity like in the gym or sports or anything like that. That's just gardening, cleaning the car, um, housework, playing with the kids. So stuff where you're doing, you're not actually physically going out of your way to do um, physical exercise. You're actually such. just leading your life, you're right? You're just, yeah, you're just Fidgeting, going about your day-to-day life. Moving around. Exactly. Yeah. So people that tend to have higher neat levels tend to be the the fidgety people that you know you, you you see them sitting there and they can't stop moving they can't sit down for long periods of time so it's interesting because when you look at someone with high levels um high neat levels that's because they are they tend to be more of an ectomorph so it's skinnier build smaller frame skinny wrists skinny ankles and they tend to be obviously lower in body fat and higher in muscle mass. So there's obviously a correlation there between neat and low body fat and high muscle mass. So there was actually an interesting study done back in 1986. You can have a look online, you'll be able to find this study because there's a lot of um, articles published on this. They took 177 people to a metabolic chamber. So this was a chamber that basically measured through oxygen their metabolism basically only one person at a time went in this room and in this room they had a tv a sofa a toilet quite a small room it wasn't a big room at all and after they sort of monitored and measured them they realized that the biggest degree of energy expenditure was actually coming from their neat so their non-exercise activity so what they noticed was some people would go into the room and they're in this room for 24 hours on their own. And some people just sit there on the sofa and not do a lot, not fidget, turn on TV and just chill out. You've got other people that are running, not running around, but obviously fidgeting and going up and having a look at things and, you know, checking out this and that and just moving generally in this tiny little room, mm. right? So if you think how small, not much bigger than this office, so maybe, what, 300 square foot or something like that. And the degree and the difference between the lowest um, calorie burn and the highest calorie burn was 138 calories all the way up to 685 calories. That's a huge difference, right? So looking at that difference in a tiny little space like that, that's huge, right? Now imagine you're in a big open space in your home you know, out in the field and go for a walk, you're going to burn even more energy than that. So going back to that is the person that burnt 138 calories during their neat levels is obviously not doing a lot and not burning much energy by just sitting and watching TV. On the other end of the spectrum, you've got someone that's burning up to 685 calories. That's a huge difference. And they're in the same space for the same amount of time. I agree. And think about it. Um, Think about a child, right? Mm. Children are typically known as being quite restless. Mm. They're always moving around. Yeah. They're always, you know, onto the new thing, you know, looking at stuff. They're not running around. They're not doing exercise. They're not, you know, hitting the gym. Mm. Uh, but they're moving around. And that really is something we typically lose when we get older. 
we uh, you know we're desk bound. And more sanitary, uh, don't we? Yeah. Uh, we're desk bound. We don't typically um, you know think about moving outside of yeah going to the gym, and that can have a pretty profound impact on the long term. I think they say that it's something between a, you can burn an extra hundred to one hundred and fifty calories per hour if you just increase your NEAT levels. And what's that mean? That's things like um, um, fidgeting, moving around more, you know, standing up as you're uh, working at a desk. Um, yeah, just consciously thinking about not staying still for any really yeah. length of time. Well, this is something that I say to my clients. I use this um, analogy a lot. I say, okay, imagine client A that goes to the gym, let's say four times a week for an hour at a time, goes to the gym, absolutely hammers it, maybe goes on the treadmill, runs for an hour, good sweat on, feeling great, goes back to the office and sits down all day, gets in their car, goes home, sits down, watch TV, go to bed. They're feeling really good about themselves because, you know, they trained really hard that day. Then you've got client B on the other side that doesn't go to the gym but walks the dog for half an hour, takes the kids to the school, does the housework. Mm-hmm. That client... Client B is feeling bad about themselves because they haven't gone to the gym, okay? But if you look at the energy expenditure between the two, client A's done, what, four hours of movement, of decent movement throughout the week. Client B's done eight, all the way up to 16 hours of, of movement. So actually, the energy expenditure from client B is much greater than client A. So if you're focusing, especially if you're looking at weight loss, um, you should definitely focus your attention on your neat levels as opposed to just hammering yourself in the gym. And that's kind of where this is tying in with the cardio, right? So, okay, so we're talking about what types of cardio. So we've spoken about neat to some uh, some degree just now. Uh, we've steady state, car- um, steady state moderate cardio. Uh, we're going to spend a lot more time talking about in a second. Low intensity, we've spoken about, you know, walking the dogs, that kind of thing. It's similar to neat. High intensity training, getting back to that interval training, that's high bursts of all out, you know, as hard as you can push. Yeah. Exercise, say on a bike or some form of kind of um, aerobics based movement, followed by a period of rest and that rest and uh, that hard work and recovery cycle yeah. uh, is what we refer to as HIT and it's typically shorter bouts of time. And then um, aerobic sessions, there's obviously plenty of group-based activities that mm-hmm. people can go do in different yeah. classes and then sport. So I don't think we need to touch on any more on the specifics of any of those. That really is the types of cardio that, mm. that exists today. Um, in terms of why cardio is so popular, um, think about it. For as long as I, I recall, and for, I think as long as anyone recalls, you know, the, uh, the premise or the guidance, the mm. principle has been Eat less, move more. Mm. Okay? Yeah. So energy in, energy out. And with that notion, you'd think, okay, well, the more is better. Yeah. So if I just move more, it means more goodness. Yeah. And that's that's the, the general conclusion. I think we, we've, we've allowed ourselves to, uh, you know, to take further and further. And mm. People... Um, in some cases, exercise to excess because they think more is better in terms of movement. Uh, but cardio has driven a, a very strong purpose in our culture because there's been some untruths mm. um, 
you know, from, from governments and so forth who didn't really want to acknowledge that the food that we're eating and we're building into our diets that are being produced at mass by big food companies, some with strong affiliations to the government, didn't really want to call out that those foods are probably not the best foods to be feeding our society. So instead of putting too much focus on the food, we've allowed ourselves to say your solution is not to change your diet. Yeah. Um, eat less, but don't change what you eat. Instead, just move more. That solves all your problems. And we're finding with increasing increasing uh, obesity, even though there's more gyms than ever before and there's a bigger movement than ever before to literally get active, something isn't working. And it's yeah. because that power, that... Um, guidance on eat less, move more is nuanced. And we'll talk about that a little bit more in a second. Yeah. The next is, and I think this is a really important point, the reason why I think cardio is so so uh, successful and so popular across uh, many, many uh, countries and people is that it really fills up that psychic bucket. It fills up that emotional bucket for a lot of people. Mm. Because, let's think about a couple of things. So if you're running, there's this thing called runner's flow. I, I, I've experienced that. I experience it every time when I... So what's that? I've never heard of this. So runner's run, flow. Runner's flow is, is basically when you when you get out of the first 10 to 20 minutes of running where it feels there's high resistance, your yeah. body doesn't want to move. You get up to temperature. Yeah. Things it better. just it feels, it feels quite clunky. And yeah. then you kind of get past the 20-minute barrier. And if you've got okay fitness... You can then just go. You change your energy stores. That's partly what's happening. Yeah. But really, what what you get into is you get into this isolation. Mm. You're getting. You're able to kind of close out uh, your other thoughts, your other stresses, your problems. You've got your, your earphones in. You're just running. You're yeah. moving, and you're with yourself. And that flow, that feeling, that um, that's great, isn't it? Is yeah. is an amazing mm. feeling. Yeah. And I understand why so many people run and they do long distance running. They might run and go out on a weekend and run for an hour or two mm. because that's time alone with their, their own thoughts, not stressing, just focusing on moving and moving at the pace they want to move. Yeah. And that cannot be taken away from people. If people enjoy that, they should continue to go seek ahead, that. But that, that fills their emotional yeah. bucket. The other thing that I think is... I'd, I'd been piecing together for myself, I don't, I don't know what you think, Bryn, is it's it demonstrates <coughs> progress. Yeah. So if you think about it, when you first when you first enter into um, doing any form of kind of cardio work, if you haven't been particularly um, active previously, it's going to be a real slog to begin with. It's going to feel really difficult. There's going to be a lot of resistance. Yeah, when you first start. And that... that it's going to be expressed through you thinking, okay, I'm not very fit. I can't go for a long distance. I can't run very fast. I can't move very um, well. And then the more you you do it, yeah, your body starts to change. Mm. Uh, you you start to uh, demonstrate what feels like physical signs of improvement. You feel uh, an an improvement in overall cardiovascular health. And it means you can go further and faster. And it's very measurable. It's very metric-based. Yes. Week to week to week, you can demonstrate that you've run a little bit further mm. on your, your Nike app on your phone. Mm. Um, or you've run a little bit faster. Or you've improved your uh, mile time by a few seconds. 
And it's all of these incremental reinforcements that you are improving. That I think I think yeah. I think it plays into a lot of people's hands of like I seek this out because it gives me positive feedback mm. every time I go. Yeah, it's very, I think it's very motivating to see that progress and I think that's why a lot of people do it. Another thing to add as well is is the a lot of people talk about um, the feel good hormone which is endorphins which yeah. is released when you run. So it can it can almost running can almost to me become slightly addictive because you get that feel good feeling after running so therefore you want to return to that feeling so you keep going running so i, I see that quite often so people that that they do say you can kind of get the 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 bug when you start running don't you and um you you know you see it quite often the other thing as well to consider is that it's easy because there's no equipment needed so there's no fuss around running it's not overly complicated. I mean, obviously you can get into your biomechanics of how you're running and foot striking and landing. But really, if you're if you're a novice and you go, I just want to put my trainers on, walk out the front door and go for a run, you can. And it's just such a low barrier to entry, isn't it? It's, it's just run, run, running or running or whatever it is. It's it is an absolute yeah, it's low barrier to entry. You got it right. You can without uh, thinking about oh, got to go to the gym and I've got to get the right equipment and I've got to be taught how yeah. to use it and I've got to think about rep schemes and volumes and weights and I've got to do this in front of people yeah I could just chuck on some shorts and trainers okay. and start running and I'm now uh, putting put an effort towards improving my health that low barrier to yeah. entry is a big reason why people run but you know quite frankly you can apply that to any of the machine-based internal stuff in gyms as well mm. yeah and anything that's just getting you moving right so yeah, exactly. I think it's a really good point yeah, I think that's that to me seems like probably one of the main reasons why people or, or cardio is so popular. Definitely. So you you unless it's raining. <laughs> so it, it definitely fills that emotional bucket, right? That progress, yeah. that reinforcement, the metrics of improvement, uh, that runner's flow, the endorphins, and generally, fit feels good. Yeah. And you can't take away. You know, the more the more cardio you do the more, and we're going to get into this in a second, but just at a high level, the more efficient your body becomes, which means your heart health will um, have measures of improvement, mm. right? The you know, ability to move blood and oxygen around your body easier, because which puts efficient. less strain yeah. on your heart, and yeah. it feels good to feel mm. healthy, and it feels good to get sweat on. Definitely. Yeah? Just, great, yeah. Just get sweat on and, and feel like you're really pushing yourself. Mm. So... And I, I can absolutely relate to all of these things. I've, I've enjoyed all of this for many, many years of my life. But I would also say outside of the emotional side is generally weight control, right? Mm. I, I think probably quite a lot of people start there. Unless, unless you've picked up uh, the hobby of running or something like that uh, as a youngster mm-hmm. and you found it to be something that you can progress as a sport yeah. or a performance sport um, I'd say the next biggest reason why people get into things like definitely, running definitely. are because they want to do something about their body composition yeah so if I if I can if I can just move enough I will control or lose some of the excess weight I have on my frame well it goes back to that move more eat less doesn't it so how am I going to move more okay I know what I'm going to do I'm going to go for a run and then I'm just going to eat less and 
that model is actually a bit of an old school model, isn't it? I mean, yes, there are some people that need to eat less and move more um, to an extent, but there's obviously other factors we need to consider. But that is probably one of the main reasons people immediately go to running and it was, a steady state cardio. It's my, my, my reason. If I, if I ever think about outside of being at school yeah, um, or getting into any kind of sport-based activity when, when I was a kid, unless there was a sport... Unless it was a pursuit of a sport, like I'd done a bunch of squash when I was, um, you know, in my teens and in my twenties, and I loved it. Yeah. And I was I was doing it because I knew it had some cardio cardiovascular benefit. Yeah. I was doing it because it was supportive of trying to maintain weight. But the primary reason I was going is because I enjoyed it. Yeah. I enjoyed going and enjoyed having fun, and I knew it was a big tax on my system. And I thought, you know, win win win. I enjoy it. I enjoy mm. playing with the people I'm playing with. Um, so. There's all of this psychological, emotional, and physical benefit to doing cardio, and we can't discount that not no. for a second. No, definitely. There, like I say, there's a lot of benefits to it, but um, it just it just depends whether you're going to do it for weight loss or because you're doing it because of the physical benefits to your body and your mind. And I must admit, when I was less less informed, um, I just think about when cardio wasn't even cardio for me. It mm. was just a means to an end. Mm. I remember getting on my bike and, and this was before I had a car when I lived in London. Right. I, would, I would cycle everywhere. Yeah. I'd cycle. It was just my mode of transport and um, it was fine. You know, I'd, I'd, I'd cycle from my house to my, uh, my now wife's house and it was some distance and yeah. it was up a hill and it took me about an hour to get there both ways. <laughs> um, That's what I've got. So when I, just I, do, cycle, that, I, I do that every day. Yeah. Cause I cycle obviously to the studio and, and, takes me about six minutes to get there and about 20 minutes to get home and if I finished at like nine at night that means I've got a slog all the way up the hill ouch yeah it's not fun so I, I went and bought a road bike which has got obviously small tyres and less traction so it's, really it's a heck stuff. of a lot easier yeah definitely so I, I run cycling everywhere I've, yeah. I've run a marathon I ran the London Marathon good good number of years ago at least 10 years ago now um I spent hours on machines. I just it was just a thing. It was part of the program. You go into the gym, you do a bit of uh, weights, and you do some cardio. It was yeah. just it was just what you do because there was so many machines there. Being like, well, I can't avoid all of this stuff. Yeah, I yeah. spent all this money. Clearly, I need, to, I need to be doing it. So I'll get on the machines and I do half an hour on that one, and I do half an hour on that one just to be yeah. sure. <laughs> well, I remember when I started the gym, and I the first thing I did was went on the treadmill because I'm like, well, what do I do? And the first thing you do is get on the treadmill. It's like the most basic, easiest thing that you can do. So exactly. I was like, I went on there for half an hour, and then I went and did some weights. But like, it just it's just so different to what our training looks like now. Yeah, massively. We'll get we'll, we'll get on to yeah, that. Yeah, we'll cover that. But so so the marathons. I I, used to, I actually remember I did um I done a a smaller run. What was it? It was the Great the, the Great South Run uh, okay. in Portsmouth. So it's south, yeah. I think okay. it was Portsmouth, um, and it was it was ten miles. It wasn't particularly okay. long. Yeah. And I remember, remember getting there. So I was way I was well into kind of running at that point, and I was actually prepping for a marathon. And this was the lead up to the marathon. Okay. So I was like, let me get a couple so of races in that. beforehand. Right. Ten mile. I brought uh, my wife down with me and couple of family came to, to, to join in. So my brother and sister and my uncle, my uncle Mike came over. And at the time he had the had the luxury of driving a Porsche. So we drive nice. down to to the Great South Run 
and uh, all is good. Weather's looking great. Everyone's pumped. Motivational speakers at the front getting us all <laughs> good to go, like aerobics type stuff. You know, I've got my my uh, old school iPod uh, strapped onto my arm. Got a vest, pair of, pair of jogging bottoms, good to go. Yeah, you look great. And then probably about three or four minutes before this starts, all of a sudden, and we're, we're by the sea, all of a sudden, right. the, the, it just cha- the weather just changes big style. And it goes from... And it goes from um, being relatively cloud-free mm. to getting moody. And just as the, the, the whistle goes, it starts raining. And it progressively gets worse and worse and worse. <laughs> and I remember running through this and I was getting pounded by the sideways wind. And it wasn't, Especially, so it was along the coast. It was so along the coast. side wind coming in. Yep. I had, I had my earphones and my, my iPod strapped to my arm. That broke because it clearly wasn't waterproof. Right. And that, was, that pissed me off because I needed my music to run. This is a good start. Yeah, I need my music to <laughs> run, right? I, had, I needed to get... I had, my, some tunes going, I had yeah. my playlist ready and yeah. everything. I had sequence. <laughs> you didn't plan for that. So, so, so that stopped. And the, the funniest thing out of all of this, the two funniest things, is... It was raining so much, and I, I don't know whether it was um, poor washing, I don't know. But all the suds, the like soap from the machine, somehow was still in my trousers. So my trousers started foaming. <laughs> and this, right. kind of, like, this foam just coming off of me. <laughs> it looked absolutely bizarre. Just all this, all this soap. I just literally looked like as if I'd been dunked in a soapy bath <laughs> I bet you're going what the hell is it, this it was ridiculous I didn't yeah. understand what was going on and then we finally we finish up and it was pissing down the rain and the spectators that come to, to to watch me were completely drenched drenched just completely drenched through <laughs> I don't know who had the worst time they were standing there watching my, the my uncle was most displeased to have <laughs> to put all of us back in his car, his nice, brand new, swanky Porsche. Um, I, I don't know, it was a Boxster or something. Right. And we're all sitting in there, completely soaking, getting all his upholstery soaking wet. It smelled like damp dog for the couple of hours it took us to get home. I'll never forget that. And that was the pursuit of cardio. So why, why do people do cardio? I think that the question I have for, for, for everyone is, if you do, why do you do cardio? And if you do a lot, why do you do a lot of cardio? Because I think the real question is, what's your ultimate goal? Mm. If your goal is to fulfill your emotional bucket of what we spoke about, um, then you have one answer. Yeah. If Or is it because you, um, you're doing it for endurance or performance benefit? So you are a runner, you are competing, yeah. Or you are um, doing cardio to improve your performance um, in a sport that you're performing. Is that a reason you're doing cardio? Or are you doing cardio to control your weight or lose weight? Three different que- three questions, sorry, three reasons why mm. people typically do cardio. And, I, and what we now want to get to is the response to each of those needs. Yeah. And they're actually different. Yeah. I think it's, it's so important to know the reason why you're doing cardio because I, I do feel there's a lot of people out there that are doing cardio for the wrong reasons. 
and hate doing cardio as well and that's obviously that's not a good combination you should enjoy you should enjoy working out you should enjoy it yeah so you know if you hate cardio yet you've got to do it for your sport then you know you've got to suck it it up yeah Yeah. if you want to be good at your sport then you've got to do it but if it's weight loss that you're after then obviously there might be a different answer exactly but like you've covered as well the emotional benefit there's also a physical sort of feeling that you get from it as well you know, crack on with it. If you run and you, you, your body feels great afterwards, then go for it. But you, it's so important that you know your why, isn't it? So let's let's try and unpack your why, or maybe as you're listening, you can unpack your why. Um, and then as we get to the end of this discussion, see if your opinion changes. And it might mm. not. But we've spoken about some of the reasons. I think, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of validity in doing cardiovascular work. Now let's spend a little bit of time talking about some of the downsides. Yeah. Um, because there is a lot of report of this, and I think it's, it would only be wise of us to talk through those. So we, we've listed six. Yeah. And let's go through them in whatever pace we feel is necessary to get the point across. Yes. The first point, and this, this bit really, really kind of is punctuated for me, is that your body is constantly adapting to the stress and or the famine. Yeah. So what does that mean? From a famine perspective, if you are if you are putting your body in a deficit, you're giving your body less than it is burning, your metabolism, your body, um, tries to seek out homeostasis. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. So if it is in a deficit, and that is a sustained deficit, on a daily and weekly basis, your body is going to use hormones. The primary drug will be hormonal changes mm-hmm. to downregulate the activity and the energy energy expenditure of your organs, your cells, your muscles. Uh, your hormones will drive down your need yep. because it will slow down your brain. It will slow Naturally, down your need yep. to move. Um, so just think that through. If you are in a calorie deficit, your body's instinct, and I'm not saying you shouldn't be, you should be if you want to lose weight, but just understand when you're in a calorie deficit, your body's response is to try and adjust things so that it it keeps the same. It doesn't yeah. lose or gain anything. It yeah. always wants to keep the same. Well, think Remember about that. it this way. If, you're, if you've got your bank account and you're spending loads of money, i.e. burning loads of energy and there's not enough money coming in the bank, there's only so long until you go, hold on a minute, if I carry on spending this way, they're going to close my bank account, so what do I do? I slow my spending down. And that's, theoretically, that's what your body's doing. Your body's kind of regulating that for you. Exactly, so it's slowing down so that you have this balance, and then you can obviously, and and that's what happens with cardio, right? So you're doing a lot of cardio, you're, you're running all these miles, but you're, body will adapt and become more efficient to meet this demand and then over time so that's the stress piece right so the famine piece is if you're in a deficit yeah your body will adapt to try and normalize against that deficit if you are doing lots of sustained aerobic exercise your body's instinct is to say okay i've got Mm. this demand thrown upon me and it seems to be consistent yeah what do i need to do to be more prepared for that same bout of stress. Next time. What am I going to do? I'm going to I'm going to increase my efficiency. Mm. I'm going to make it more efficient to perform the same exercise. 
Now that might seem great, and you'll feel that efficiency. Yeah. Because through time, you'll get on the treadmill or the cross trainer, and it will be easier to perform the same exercise you've done three months ago. Now, you may say, that's great health. I'm feeling better. Cardiovascularly, I'm improving. You are. But the downside of that is it's more efficient to do that same half an hour. So whereas you might have burnt, say, 400 calories, maybe only doing 300 or 330 now because of the down-regulation of the effort it takes to do so. So what we're saying is the more cardio you do, especially the moderate steady-state cardio, your body will adapt, and in time, you'll see that the weight loss that you were able to initially experience will start to normalize and flatten. And that isn't you doing bad, it's your body adjusting to the regular stimulus, the stress. So So that's a really important point one, your body adjusts to stress and famine. Um, It always tries to seek a balance and therefore you have to think about ways in which you avoid your body from becoming efficient. Efficiency is bad in the yeah. context of weight loss. Yes, definitely. Because if you, your aim, the reason you started was to get fitter. And when you get to a point where you're almost at that balance, where your body's not being challenged anymore, then you are no longer getting fitter. So what do you do? You have to run more or you have to run faster, which isn't sustainable long term. So that's number one. The number two thing that we had is aerobic steady state exercises actually catabolic. Yeah. So for those who who may or may not understand catabolic, catabolic is um, the body's breakdown of uh, cells, Mm -hmm. breakdown of muscle tissue typically and fat to assist um, life. Yeah. So if you're in a deficit and or if you're in doing steady state cardio, it is catabolic. Your body is basically breaking itself down yeah. to support that movement. So think about it for a second. If um, if you were to imagine what a runner's physique looks like, you know, especially the long distance runners, yeah. you, you think of like the Mo Farahs of the world, right? So these are very, very slender um, not a lot of muscle on their bodies, if we're honest. Yeah, mm-hmm. they, they, they can move fast. They're in control of their body. They're in control of their limbs. Yeah. And they've got a ton of energy because they've become so efficient to the first point. They're burning less energy than I would to do the same level of effort. Yeah. But they've also they, they've been in a catabolic state, which means they cannot build muscle. They will only lose muscle because of that demand on the body is so intense. Your body is drawing energy from your muscle fibers. Yeah. That's not a good place to be if you're actually trying to get the body of your dreams because your body of your dreams typically requires muscle as well. Yeah. You may not think about it, but it does. So point two, have you got anything else to add to that, that steady state cardio is catabolic? Well, I just want to uh, explain the other side, which is uh, so catabolic is anabolic. So obviously if you think about ca- um, catabolic, it's obviously breakdown. So we've got the opposite, which is anabolic, which is growth and repair and recovery so if you just think of of these two as opposites it's it puts it into good context doesn't it and we obviously need a good balance between catabolic and anabolic and when we tend when someone does a lot of running we tend to be too far in the catabolic camp as opposed to the anabolic camp so another thing as well is well if we're talking about catabolic and breaking down muscle tissue we're talking about the negatives of, of losing muscle, right? So 
you want muscle, it gives you shape, it gives you posture, right? So if you want to have nice legs, toned legs, and you want a nice bum, then you want muscle. If you're going out for a run and you're breaking all this muscle down, you're only in turn going to end up being skin, you know, what we call skinny fat. So you're going to be, yes, skinny, but you're not going to have very much shape. You're going to have higher levels of body fat and lower levels of um, body mass, so muscle. So it's if you want a good looking body and you want shape, the, the wrong thing to do is just go and pound the pavement for hours, isn't it? It's not oh, the smartest I, I totally way of agree. doing it. I mean, I, I recall so many people commenting on the fact I never had a butt. Right, okay. right, and as a guy, you don't think about like, oh, you know, I need to have buns. Yeah, still, yeah. Just, who gives a shit about that? I need, I need, I need my, you know, my biceps, my chest to be big, right? <laughs> but at some point, I, I clocked it for myself. I'm like, you have a point. You do. And it was because I was yes. doing so much cardio, and this wasn't until re- actually that recent, I was doing so much cardio that I was just eating away at my leg muscles. And it just got really skinny. My, 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 I wasn't filling out my, tra- my you know, my, my trousers as much as I should do. And you know, whilst that not, it's not a massive thing for me, mm. it, I, I put, I put that together. I was like, hang on a minute, this is probably not that effective in me trying to gain that overall shape that I want. Yeah. Because all that running is actually just taken away from those kind of muscles that make you look good in your jeans, right? Yeah, exactly. I remember when, so when I was training for the half marathon, I, my body shape didn't change in a positive way it actually changed in a negative way so although I was getting smaller that was because I was losing my muscle my body fat levels they weren't changing I couldn't well, see, I couldn't necessarily see my abs any more than I could before that's interesting because there was still a slight <clears throat> layer of fat there it was just that my um, muscle was obviously reducing which actually meant that I was getting weaker in the gym so it was impairing my performance so it's going to happen right yeah it, was, yeah it was a negative so that's something I noticed when I was running yeah. a lot so it that's now what... now let's let's be clear there's there's um, a moderate amount of exercise per week which doesn't really have the, the, the kind of impact we're talking about we're mm. talking about long sustained um, where yeah. your primary focus is lots and lots of cardio as as a means to lose weight, for example, is actually got some of these negative consequences. Yeah. And I would say if your goal is actually to build muscle, mm-hmm. so if you're a guy or a girl that has a focus on developing muscle, you understand that's going to get the kind of look you want, you really need to think carefully about cardio and how much you're going to do because it is it is it has the polar opposite effect of lifting weight which is anabolic yeah. it is catabolic in nature so just think that through you you don't want to create an equilibrium because then you're not going to move you're not going to yeah. progress if you want you to grow stress. yeah the anabolic activity has to far outweigh the catabolic activity that you have i think we've done that one through yeah um you you had a um, you, the third point is uh, i think you wanted to cover off mm-hmm. high, high stress and wear and yes. joints yeah? well this is something i see because obviously I, I work in a chiropractic clinic so i do see this a lot where I get but the point of, is again yeah a lot of runners come in because of the high stress and wear and tear on their joints and ligaments from running um you see it's a lot in runners they'll get the typical you know they get bad knees you get um anterior patella so right at the front anterior part of your knee plantar fasciitis, Achilles tendonitis. These are all the sort of common things that you see within runners. Um, and there's actually some studies reporting that 90% of those who train for the 26.2 mile race sustain injuries in the process. That's 90%. Oh, wow. 
that's quite a high number. Um, so yeah, there's obviously an issue there. Personally, I feel that we lead this sort of sedentary lifestyle. Not everyone, but we, you know, we sit at desks a lot and we sit down a lot more than we used to and we drive everywhere. So we're sitting down and then we end up, you know, going for a run for an hour or two hours and everything's tight from sitting. So of course your knees and your hips and things are going to wear because we're not in a prime state to go for, you know, an endurance run or even, not even endurance, like an hour, you know, half an hour's run. So think about it this way. If you're going on a family trip and you're driving to Wales or Scotland, you're going to check the cars in a fit state beforehand, aren't you? If you've got a buckled wheel um, or the tyres flat, what are you going to do? You're going to get it sorted because if you do this long journey in the car, you're only going to do more damage. So you take it into the garage or you, you pump the tyres up beforehand. But there's a lot of people out there that don't take this level of care of their body. They don't do the checks that they need to do, like make sure they've got ankle mobility, make sure their hamstrings aren't too tight. So I think we need to tune in to our body and see you know, where these problems lay and make sure that we don't get obviously the high stress and wear and tear on the joints and everything from running. So that's definitely a negative. No, I, yeah, we just think about it. It's not, it's not, you know, I don't think we're saying anything revolutionary to say, no. you think about the, the, especially, especially running. And, you know, again, we're, we're not trying to shit on running, but it's, um, it's high impacts, right? It's, it's high impacts it's on your joints. It, yeah. It's that, it's that, that constant bashing of the ground of your feet. Uh, yeah. Typically in a form that's not ideal with, as you say, tightness, that's probably creating a gait that's not ideal and you're probably not moving in, the perfect way and if you continue to repeat chronically yeah. a bad movement pattern repetitive strain injuries you're going to create re- repetitive strain and you, you, your knees your joints are going to take a hit yeah so just think that through um i would say more of the non-impact cardio if you if you want is probably better so elliptical and bike point, yeah. and rowing mm. where it's closed chain you're not slamming you're, you know, swimming as well is another great one yeah. where you're really not putting as much stress on, on, on the bones and the joints yeah definitely the because if you still want to you know if you love the, the feeling of cardio and, and you obviously having these issues then yeah like you say do something that's not as you know weight loading on the joints um, the, the, the other problem as well is that it's sagittal plane and what I mean is it's one movement going forwards okay. and you're not getting in any lateral side to side movements. That's a good point. So we end up just kind of, you know, day to day we walk forwards. Um, you know, we we never get this lateral movement, so it's very repetitive, and again, that can obviously over time cause further issues. So it's just something to consider and think about if you're if you're into running. The next is a little bit um, speculative, but it has it has a theoretical grounding that I support. Yeah, I'm interested which is, in this. Your body has a mileage lifespan. Right. Right? Now you're gonna you're gonna slate me for this, but I, I think I, I could be wrong. I think Donald Trump may have said something like he doesn't exercise because, you know, it's just taken away from <laughs> his longevity by by, you know, basically consuming the miles or the beats up front. I would disagree. Obviously, moving around and being active and healthy is absolutely something I uh, sign up to. It's trying so, to find a good excuse there. I reckon. So I, I definitely don't support the idea of not being active and fit. Yeah. But I do notionally support the concept that 
just think about our ancestors, you know, our, our, our kind of hunter-gatherer ancestors. Were they, were they running for long distances? Or were they picking stuff up, moving around, walking around a lot, cutting things up, you know, you know, grabbing stuff and then fleeing in moments of, uh, you know, chase danger. or yeah. danger, short bouts of move, uh, short bouts of running. So I, I would think that we're probably not designed for doing lots of endurance, long distance stuff, but just kind of getting to the point of having a mileage lifespan. I, I, I kind of feel, and I'm, there's, there's, there are a few studies that have supported this and there are some... Uh, theorists and uh, academics that support this notion but I don't mm. think it's fully grounded in trusted uh, long-term study is that yeah your your body only really has x amount of mileage yeah and if you stick and no, let's be ex- let's exaggerate it let's say you're one of these runners club guys so there's there is a there is a club um on the internet of people that um it's gamified they've gamified running and mm. the, idea, the idea is you report on this leaderboard how many consecutive days you've run without a break. Okay, well. Without a break. Yeah. So some of these people have clocked 30 to 40 years of running without a day off. And some of these people That's will crazy. have had babies, <laughs> you know, so been pregnant, had, had a child... And all the recovery. They're there. the ones running on Christmas Day. Others would have been running on Christmas Day, <laughs> yeah. or when they're on holiday. Others would have had serious injury and mm. or illness, and found a way to run because of the commitment their running streak. <laughs> right. Okay. And um, I don't know. For me, they're just Seems it's, crazy, it's, right? it's, it's ridiculous because rest and recovery is we know critically important. But I don't know. You just instinctively you want to feel that putting in that much mileage, right? Think about it this way. You get the best, even if you, you're, you you buy the best car money can afford, every engine has a mileage lifespan. Mm. At some point, it is going to start to misperform and at some point it's going to stop. It's going to be taken to the car graveyard. And I think there's a way of keeping yourself active and fit and having your heart, lungs and your body healthy without clocking as much mileage mm. so it's a point to consider that if you're someone who <clears throat> is either addicted to or, or has a strong motivation to do lots of endurance every single day i would just ask you to think about if you can notionally support this idea that perhaps it it's taken a little away from how long you can live for I do think there's something in that, and maybe science will prove it in time. I'd be interested, yeah. I'd be interested to see the data that comes out on this. Because it's your theory, right? I mean, there's... It's not mine, some, but it's... No, but yeah. it's, it's just something that you're kind of, you know, you're thinking about and you're kind of supporting with your... Because it, it makes sense as well, as well as obviously some... There's some sort of research and study around there, but I'm really interested to see what the solid, you know, data will be long-term from this. Well, yeah, let's see. It's maybe really I'm completely wrong, but it's just something to think about. Um... And then what else do we have? So we spoke about the sedentary um, bodies um, then throwing themselves into something that is quite actually technical yeah. mm-hmm. and you probably need to get some need to get some health, some assessments and yeah, mobility checks. Yeah, definitely. But we, we've spoken about that. Uh, the, lo- the last point is 
it's, an, it's just more of an aside note than anything else. Is that lots of moderate steady state cardio is actually quite, you know, can be quite antisocial. Mm-hmm. You know, you, especially if you're one of these really long, you know, like to go out for a couple hours a day, especially if you have to do it over the weekend. I remember when I was training for a marath- for the marathon, I was going out running two or three times a week. Yeah. And every single weekend I would have to go and clock a, a long one, you know, two How many three, hours? like a three hour, three hours. two to three okay. hours. And that's taken away from the time with my wife. Yeah. You know, and then, and it's not just the running. It's like, I can't do anything beforehand. I do the run and then I'm exhausted all day. Yeah. <laughs> do you know what I mean? So then I'm wiped out. Yeah. So just think about that too. The reason I make that point is I think if, if your goals are not endurance, but your goals are in the pursuit of weight loss and weight control, I don't think you need to sign yourself up to that level of there's a sac- better way. sacrifice socially. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, there's a, there's a better way of doing it. Yeah, totally. Definitely agree. So, so let's that, that, covers, that covers the, the kind yeah. of downsidey area. Should we, should we... Get on to the positives. Talk about the positives? Yeah. Or no, not the, the recommendations. Should we oh, talk right. about the recommendations? Yeah. So, so what, do you, what have you got? So I think the, the main thing, you know, the first thing is, like you said, if you enjoy doing it, keep doing it you know as long as it's obviously not you know you're not running with an injury and you're enjoying the way it feels and you're getting you know benefits from it keep doing it by all means as long as you know the facts and you've got your why um it's you know it's it's not necessarily the uh, the mark of optimal health because there's so many other factors to to think of here isn't there so so what you're saying is if as we've said if you're enjoy if you enjoy and you get the emotional psychological um, fulfillment in running you really get a buzz out of it the runners flow you get the feedback you get the progress that makes you feel good please do not stop yeah if your goal your primary primary goal is weight loss and weight control here are some recommendations first is it starts in the kitchen you cannot out exercise a bad diet the point we've made earlier, the emphasis for too long has been on, if you just exercise more, you'll, you'll, you'll be in a better place. I absolutely support that exercise is important for every part of your life. But if you need to lose weight, it has to start in the kitchen. Nail that down, focus on the right foods, the right quantities, controlling your hunger. Um, Folk, you know, measure your calories, mm-hmm. understand what your budget is in terms of your daily expenditure, work within that. Mm-hmm. That's such a better place to start than not changing your diet and just adding adding and adding cardio or general exercise. It's um you, you just don't know how much benefit you're gonna get because yeah. you may still already be in a surplus at that point. You'll see amazing results just from doing that alone. Before. Just by nailing exactly. your diet. Just by nailing your diet. Totally exactly. Um, another thing, or the next one, is focus on your neat, like we said earlier, your non-exercise activity, over doing long steady state or to moderate cardio, okay? So what you could, you know, how can you improve your neat levels? Park further away from, you know, the, the supermarket doors, rather than trying to get the space right outside the doors, why not park further away? You know, if you do that once a week over the year, that, that's a lot take the stairs never take the lift or the escalator unless you really have to because again it's this accumulative effect over the year that makes such a big difference 
because you if you see someone in the office that's you know always you know able to eat what they want and you think oh it's because they've got a quick metabolism actually the, the studies show that the difference in metabolisms aren't that great it's because of their neat levels they're just moving around more exactly okay. so that's the first place that you want to look when it comes to exercise I always say focus on neat first because that is one of the easiest yeah. and most convenient ways to one, one, one way to do that is to put on one of those wearable devices whether it be yeah, an Apple Watch or a Fitbit yeah. um, whilst they're not necessarily entirely accurate they're consistently yeah. inaccurate and that's a good measure of how much movement. So I've got one on now and you know I'm not I'm not taking my own medicine. I haven't I've been at my desk for a lot of today mm-hmm. and I'm not at the kind of level I should be. I know there's an impact of today. Yeah. Because I haven't been moving around right, as right. much. Yeah. Um so think about it. If you have got if you're having to slog it out many hours in front of the desk, then coaching and guidance is maybe you get yourself one of those elevated desks that you can stand up at. Or just clock yourself when you see yourself sitting down for too long. Move around. Um, you know, the more movement you can do, even if it's fidgeting, yeah. even if it's just tapping your fingers, everything you do requires energy to be expended. And the more you can just keep your body moving, as little as it is, uh, the the cumulative effect that you can have towards maintaining your calorie expenditure, you increase yeah. it, and therefore you you make this job a little bit easier. Exactly. It's a really good point. What else yeah. have you got? Um, so resistance work um, using weights. So this is a good way of sort of adding that stress to the body and progress, like we spoke about last time, progressive overload. So progressively adding more reps or more weight over time, which will therefore give you that added stress. So um, definitely getting in some resistance training or weight work into your um, regime. And so looking at that rather than first and getting that right and adding in some cardio as cause so back so put it this way, I use cardio as active recovery. So I, I do you know, I lift weights and do strength training um probably four to five times a week. And in between that I will use my running as a kind of active recovery. Nothing more, nothing less. It makes me feel good, gets nutrient rich blood into those muscles, yeah, burns a bit point. of energy. For me, and, and well, actually, for most people, that tends to be a good balance when you're looking at optimal um, body composition. And th- these these priorities are actually stacked, right? Get get your diet nailed, first of all. Yeah. Then focus on moving around mm-hmm. a lot more. Those two things, game changers. Definitely. Then add on, top of, then add on top of that yeah. a bias towards doing resistance and work training versus yeah. doing cardio. Because think about it, the more muscle you develop, Muscle muscles are energy demanding organ uh, parts of your body. The more muscle you have, the more energy your body needs just to survive. That's why you see these bodybuilders. They can you know crack on with five thousand calories a day, and that's just to tread water. Mm. Any less, and they start losing weight. And it's not just because they're you know they're genetic freaks or they're just got huge appetites. They built up their appetite. Yeah. But they need to sustain that level of fuel just to maintain the amount of muscle, muscle mass that's just demanding energy just to be. Yeah. So think about it. The, if you can just put just a little bit more muscle in your frame, um, it will have a profound difference to your metabolic rate, yeah. which means you can eat more. More muscle equals more energy expended, which means that you can eat more or 
not have to eat as little. Yeah. So building muscle on your frame in decreases your efficiency, makes you less efficient, which means your body requires more. This is a big, big one. And to your point, my, tra- my aerobic training, my cardiovascular training is next to negligible. Yeah. I do almost nothing. And you guys would have seen a few photos of me. I mean, I'm not in bad shape. I don't do cardio for any other reason than probably what you've said. A little bit hit because I enjoy it. Yeah. Um, a little bit of steady, uh, you know, 10 minute kind of low steady state stuff just for active recovery. Yeah. Outside of that, I know damn right I'm burning enough energy in the gym and then just being with the muscle in my frame, that's just keeping me, just keeping me happy. Yeah, it's, it's more than that, isn't it? So we've, we've spoken about resistance and weight work. Uh, we've then got, the, I kind of touched on it, so hit yeah. over moderate steady state. So we are recommending if cardio, if, if you're building cardio in, and you should, especially if you've got weight to lose, it's definitely supportive towards losing weight, but we would recommend short bouts of HIIT yeah. work, high intensity interval training over a long slog at a steady state on one of the machines or out on the road. Yeah. And the reason for this um, actually attaches to the point we've just made previously. Some um, HIIT work, quite a lot of it actually, has a mild anabolic effect, muscle building. And I know specifically, I can I can talk to um, uh, stationary bike work. Yeah. So if you do a HIIT circuit on a stationary bike where maybe you're doing uh, 20 seconds at full out and like 40 seconds of rest and 20 mm-hmm. seconds at full out, 40 seconds of rest, and you do that for 10 or 15 minutes, that actually... Um, that movement is quite similar to doing a squat, the, the kind of extension of your leg. Yeah. And because you're putting that much force to spin the uh, spin the pedals, it is actually recruiting a lot of muscle fibers yeah. to, to move. And it's got some anabolic benefit versus mm. the kind of flat run that you do where your muscles aren't actually being engaged It's momentum, much. isn't it? It's momentum, exactly. As opposed to contraction. And because we're contracting our muscles, the after effect means that we have to replenish our our ATP stores, we have to replenish our creatine, we have to remove the lactic acid, um, we have to repair the muscle tissue. So they are, what we call the afterburn effect, is much greater because you've worked with HIIT. As long as you're, yeah, because you're working your muscles, whereas running, like you say, it's kind of, you're just bouncing along. The You know, you burn a lot of energy when you're doing it, but after that, there's not that much benefit as opposed to when you're doing HIIT. It's a good point. The afterburn effect is much greater and it's efficient way of burning a lot of energy in short bursts of time. So with the HIIT, you get the benefit of a mild anabolic effect, which is great because it will help increase your metabolic rate and it looks good. Two, it doesn't take as long. You know, typically yeah. recommendations for HIIT are anywhere between 10 and 20 minutes. They don't typically recommend yeah. going much beyond that. And within that time, 15 minutes worth, you're probably going to burn 250 calories up or down, depending on your weight. But you can burn those calories very quickly, and then you get the afterburn effect, you said. And then I also want to add to the fact it's it's enjoyable, and it's reported to have benefits to your heart flexibility and your heart rate variability. So your heart... Uh, which is counter uh, intuition is uh, it's a sign of your heart's health is 
if it has variation between its beats. So let's say, for example, you have a heart rate of 60 beats a minute. You would think a healthy heart would beat bang on every second. Mm -hmm. In actual fact, a healthy heart has variation between yeah, those does, beats. Yeah. Each beat is slightly different lengths from one another, yeah. but they total 60 beats in a minute. The more the variation, it demonstrates more flexibility in your the mm -hmm. muscle of your heart. Yeah. And HIT is known to give you uh, increased heart rate var variability and heart flexibility. So it has some profound benefits because you're really stressing in short periods your heart to really work hard and then recover. Work hard and recover yeah, gives you that adaptability, which is uh, yeah. pretty profound. And, and you'll be surprised at how well you've maintained your endurance fitness as well. So if you did go out for a run, you'll be surprised that you don't do it that much, how well you'll be able to, to you know, compare to what you used to do, how well you'll match up. That's a good point, though. The last recommendation that we, we'd like to give is, as we've spoken about, um, cardio and running in particular being quite a technical activity um, it does require that you spend a little, little bit of time to learn how to run I mean there are book, there are many a book mm. on how to run I know it sounds ridiculous um, but running well is an art form yeah uh, requires a little bit of attention and if you are sedentary and you haven't been overly active for a period of time mm -hmm. it's very likely you're going to have imbalances tightnesses or weaknesses that if left uncorrected and compounded on through repetitive movement on the street or on the treadmill yeah. is actually going to exacerbate problems exactly. so what would you recommend um so i would recommend doing so get an assessment um, and daily movement so if, just give yourself 10 minutes a day to do um, a little bit of movement, you know, in, in your lounge or wherever at home, you don't need any equipment, you know, and just, you know, move your Such ankles. As. So you could do ankle rotations. So lying on the floor, rotate your ankles, you know, left to right, right to left, back and forwards. Then you can pull your uh, leg into your chest. So you're fully flexing your knee and your hip and do that and you can do this 10 times each side and this we'll, can this can sound quite technical over, yeah, over the this podcast be, so maybe we maybe we deeper dive maybe in a blog or an article exactly i might do a blog on this actually for you guys um like you say it can you know i could probably do a video and actually that'll be a good that'd be better yeah, yeah let's do definitely. that we'll, we'll talk through some mobility drills and um i would also recommend um you know you may actually want to go see uh, a professional whether it be uh you know uh, a, a personal trainer or um, a sports coach or a running coach just to, for them to assess your range of motion mm. your strength your flexibility um, and how, how how effective your gait is just that upfront is a nice little insurance package to make sure that before you do if you are committed to running and mm. doing that kind of thing or you you want to be an endurance athlete just get a bit of an MOT make sure you yeah. your body's in good shape if not they'll give you recommended movements and uh, active stretches and so forth yeah. to really just put yourself in an optimal position exactly. and then you can move with purpose and move safely all right Bryn Diesel well done so I think that covers it we covered is. what is cardio what types of cardio are there um, why is cardio so popular and the fact we absolutely support that movement um, but understand if your goal is for optimal uh, if your goal is optimal health and overall control of weight or loss of weight there are probably things to consider and you should consider making some adjustments if that is your primary goal. Um, 
and that really leaves us to close. So look, we've got a few more episodes lined up that we've already scheduled. Um, we're going to be covering intermittent fasting and generally fasting. It's a popular craze right now. It yeah. has some merit and we'll talk about that merit in the upcoming podcast. Uh, we'll probably then talk about uh, the hyper workouts that I've been filming, if you've seen on Facebook and YouTube, where um, I'm demonstrating the exercises I'm doing across each of my workouts. I've had quite a lot of feedback that it's great and informative, but it doesn't say the whole picture in terms of why the movements, how many reps, yeah. what's the volume, what kind of weight am I putting on the bar, you know, what kind of rest period, what's the intent behind the, 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 the overall program, and we yeah. can talk about yeah. that. Yeah. And then uh, the, the third one we will spend some time is talking about the importance of rest, recovery and sleep, which I think is uh, disrespected for, for the most part. And I know for one, I disrespected that for a very, very long time. So um, hopefully you enjoy it. So guys, I think that's it. I hope you enjoyed the session. If you have any questions, please feel free to put those through to us. Um, on any of the platforms, whether it be Instagram or Facebook, we'll be active on all of those for the next week or so after this podcast. And that leaves us to close. So um, you've been with Adapt Nation. Our focus is helping pragmatically improve and optimize your strength, health and mindset inside and out. Thank you.